Whitefoot, welcome to Boom Talk Studios. A very nice summer day in South Eugene, Oregon. Fox Trading in a Foxhole, Season 2, Episode 25, number 57 overall. Faithful host Ken Harlan here. Thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com for the wonderful themes and music and other music we use in between segments. Good job, folks. Thank our sponsors. You know who you are. We appreciate the contributions. If you want to contribute to the show, please do. Uh, also, thank the folks at Rode and Zoom for providing wonderful tools to content creators around the world. All good stuff. All right. Apologies per last episode. After a minute, it wasn't quite up to snuff. I was... Uh, Really under the weather, bedridden. Man, it was a bad heat wave here last week. I mean, it got up to like 111, 110. Yeah, it was not good, but we're at full strength this week. We're at least 80% wise. And so we're ready to like make up for what we uh, didn't bring to the table last week. You know, survived it. I was glad, but I don't think it was my best stuff. So, anyhow, thank you for bearing with me. All right, folks, got all kinds of action going on here on this Thursday evening. Still haven't figured out why it's going to be the permanent day yet moving forward. And holy Moses, I do believe Austin is on its way to getting its first win. They're off to a good start as they have scored a second goal against the Timbers. It is 2-0 in the 34th minute. Be a big moment for those wonderful fans in Austin. What a wonderful stadium they've got there. Looking good. We've also got the Bucks are up by 13. We'll talk a little bit more about that in NBA beef. All right, folks. I've been beating around the bush. Let's get to it. The COVID Chronicles. Yes, indeed. You know, you think this segment would actually get shorter and no... When I actually start filling things out after I get done with my with, with my real gig, as far as I might say filling things out, just completing the outline, you know, anything I may have left out at the last minute. And that's obviously when this section gets um, completed. And of course, it's probably longer than all of them this week. You know, it was kind of a kind of a light week, which is kind of good, you know, this time of year in transition. But yes, Peloton, definitely. Not Peloton. Wow, we're all over the place today, aren't we? <laughs> CB19. Oh, the Peloton. Much of the clearing cream in the arenas, in the stadiums, in the supermarkets, on the playground. I mean, we're moving to normalcy. Yesterday in this state, opened up. Got to go in, into the convenience store, get my provisions. Didn't have to wear a mask. Didn't have to wear a mask when I was out getting a few drinks the other night. However, that's not stopping CV-19. Like I said, just munching the clear and cream. HGH. <laughs> Diana Ball. Okay. So we'll start out with, we'll start out with hockey. And we're talking about Montreal. You know, we talked about their coach. He's apparently going to be able to come back tomorrow night. That's the good news. Bad news, they started their cup quest off down in man as... Uh, Habs winger Joel Armia, or Armia, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, you know that, 
He entered the league's quarantine health safety protocol on Sunday. This is the second time as Joel caught this, you know, virus back in March. So a reoccurring theme. People who who've been vaccinated or have had this before. And I'm not sure. I would I would like to think that uh, Joel decided to get vaccinated, especially after having it. But who knows with these athletes and and, and people making these choices. And I'm not sure maybe he came into close contact. Didn't have all the details as far as that goes. I can tell you that the team also, for games three and four, which are going to be in Montreal coming up here, game three tomorrow night, they applied to Quebec and the government basically to have the capacity uh, restrictions relaxed. And of course, Canada being Canada, as far as how they're dealing with this, said no dice. So limited fans there. Um, in fact, overall, Gary Bettman has serious concerns about NHL players participating in the 22 Olymp- Winter Olympics. It's going to be coming up, obviously, next winter in China. I don't think, you know, considering that, the, as we've been talking about, and we'll re, you know dig in a little bit further, the situation around the globe is not quite like it is here where we have it you know, somewhat under control. And there's definitely some concern, I know obviously with the Canadian teams, but also here of sending our players there and putting them at rest as they represent their national teams and coming back and getting everybody else sick. Because obviously, as we just saw and, we're, and, and we continue to see, you know, people getting infected again, and you know, there's just so many variables there. But we'll see what goes on there. You know, we'll be following it. I can also tell you, well, when it comes to the positive side, WNBA says 90, 99% of their players are vaccinated. All teams have successfully completed the requirements as far as meeting the threshold to relax health and safety protocols. Cool stuff there. PSJ's, uh, PSJ, <laughs> PGA, look at me, I'm all over the place. PGA Professional Golfers Association announces they will be ending regular COVID-19 testing for all of its members on tour starting July 19th. A lot of normalcy going on here. Of course, once again, let's not get too comfortable. You look at what's going on globally, a lot of crazy stuff. In fact, we can tell you that the former manager of South Africa's rugby team died of COVID-19 complications earlier this week, which is, you know, unfortunate. Thoughts go out to his family and friends, obviously. But once again, we're not out of the woods, people. And, and along those lines, you know, I've been talking about the, this upcoming Summer Olympics, which is going to be in Japan, for a while now. And another week has passed. And China, or Japan, China, boy, why are we just so sloppy today? Long day in the, in the other world, I suppose. But Japan's uh, Olympic Committee is considering extending its COVID-19 protocols. They're not sure whether or not to have no fans, limited fans, but it's like they were about to ease things, but apparently a recent uptick of cases there is causing folks there to rethink. I can also tell you that Scott, Scotland's national rugby team has been told to self-isolate after several members of that squad tested positive for COVID-19. That's the mess all over the place. 
Johanna Conta was forced to withdraw from Wimbledon after it was found out that she was in close contact with somebody that recently tested positive for COVID-19. Out of the woods. And then this probably belongs, you know, in TMA time. And, you know, but we'll see. I may change my mind. But what about UK distance runner Andy Budchart? Deep hot water for faking a COVID-19 test to get back in the UK after competing at an international event. Like, okay. A, you're not vaccinated, which makes me wonder why not. Once again, it's a choice. But when you're competing with other people, it, it would make sense. And then this idea of faking a test, just like those of you carrying around fake cards. Either you've got it, You've gotten the vaccine, and you're being legit. Or, hey, you just say, you know, blanket, I don't want it. But let's not sit here and try to sneak around. That's just bad, bad form all around. Okay. So, as we are, you know, trying to look at more positive things, especially in this state, like I said, just opened up uh, yesterday, which would be June 30th, because we are doing this on a Thursday. But uh, as we turn into July, which is good news for folks up here with a beautiful game, the Thorns and the Timbers will be at full capacity, which means Autzen, which means a lot of things are going to happen here. You might, I've been telling you about how Oregon being one of the strictest states, that's really positive news. And, you know, more signs that, hey, we've just turned the, we've turned the corner. And along those lines, not that this is a shock to anyone, but the NFL has just announced that all stadiums will be at full capacity for the 2021 season. Well, we told you that weeks ago, but now it's in stone. Okay, folks, gotta like stumble through that. But, you know, got good news and bad news as far as that goes. I mean, we're not out of the woods yet, but we're getting some normalcy going here. Okay, we'll be back on the other side with a 43-foot view above campus. Okay, welcome back to Fox Trotting in a Foxhole. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan, here. Still, 42nd minute. Really, would be nice to see those folks get a win, especially their first win against the Timbers. Be very impressive. Okay, so the big news, basically, as we're walking again, so we can hop on our fixed gear bike, pull out our cool sunglasses, adult beverages, hipster clothes. Killer soundtrack. Ooh, look at Diego Villari just getting all an animated. <laughs> anyway, big news on campus this week as we uh, hop on our Gulfstream 550. It's all about the NIL. And you know I've been talking about this basically since day one. Well, hey, it's July 1st, and today is the big day. And wake of that, speaking of the home state here again, Oregon, they became the latest to pass NIL legislation. At this point, the NCAA decides they are going to join as well. So yesterday, they also cleared the way to allow this new thing. Of course, it's kind of interesting to know how to gauge this. And I'll just digress for a minute on here. First of all, 
Nick Saban says he's okay with the, with these rules being changed to allow for NIL. But like many others, myself, you know, chief among those, wondering how it'll be managed. Well, Davo says he's in favor of the new rules. Let's get it on. Now, let's just start with Davo and Saban. Why do you think they're down with this? Now, maybe they have a little compassion and think, you know, that since they do have nothing but, you know, warehouses full of, of blue chippers, that, hey, you know, the opportunity to make money on your likeness is more than it is for these other schools, so why not? I mean, maybe that's a cynical view, but I'm sitting here looking at this like, well, why would these guys be so down with it? I mean, it's not so much the college basketball coaches saying, well, these guys will stay in school longer. We haven't got to the court case where people can start bolting and playing professional football yet. It's probably on the horizon, but I just thought that was really interesting. And then the flip side is BYU saying, okay, we're down with this. Whatever you do to make money off of your image and likeness, it must honor the school's honor code. Now, go figure BYU go there. But it is an interesting point because if you were watching, oh gosh, what was it? You know, I think it was Get Up or Outside the Lines. It was in the Outside the Lines segment on um, ESPN this morning. And of course, they're talking about this as this is the big day. And you see the two twins from Fresno State, you know, and they're big on TikTok and Instagram, you know, cute little blonde twins. Well, they're not little, but that's, you know, made me wonder, you know, that so all the nonsense that I'm seeing, you know, I think it's nonsense in people, you know, a, exporting, you know, all the lonely souls and, 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 and attention hounds out there. This is like an easy way for them to make money. And you have to think there's going to be resentment because it's really going to be, in a lot of cases, about beauty, male or female, and being able to, to, to like, profit off of that. I mean, and, you know, obviously, with the whole thing with BYU, they obviously don't want their, kid, their student athletes peddling beer and, you know, other, other vices, nicotine and things like that. But I'm just sitting here, like, going, wow, is, I, is this going to turn into, like, some kind of, like, beauty contest and all of a sudden somebody who's basically a scrub, but because they're, they're, they're hotter than um, it was in, in Eugene this past weekend, and all of a sudden, you know, that they're able to profit off that and they're able to make money. I'm just wondering, what kind of resentment are we about to see here? You know, because I think in the big picture, and I forget who it was, you know, one of the talking heads over the past couple of days, he basically broke it down. And I totally agree that in the end, you're going to have the, you know, the, the, the Trevor Lawrences, you know, guys like that, right? That, you know, the... the Johnny football types, those guys are going to walk away basically making money. Everybody else, not so much. Unless it's like some kind of, you know, little angle you're working because you, you, you're you good looking. If it comes to what you're doing on the field and how much a pill you can make. I mean, I'm more fascinated. I've been very cynical, as you know. Anybody who's pulled this podcast over the course of its one year, and by the way, once again, props for making it to a year. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like more fascinated now because 
like as I've been saying all along, this is opening up so many Pandora's boxes. And if you're a regular student, you're sitting here wondering, so what, we have some kind of glam academy now here where so now these people can actually make money while well, I'm going deeper in debt, because you know, nobody's going to forgive them student loans anytime soon. Just saying. Anyway, interesting times. You know, right? Yeah, and we're just, like I said, the, the Cavender twins from Fresno State. Auburn's quarterback, Bo Nix, has just signed an endorsement deal. So it's happening quickly. And then there's the retroactive stuff. This is even more fascinating to me. Reggie Bush. Yes, that Reggie Bush. <laughs> he thinks his Heisman should be reinstated in all of his records. You know, and there were some people that came on TV today to support that. I totally get where they were coming from. But I'm sort of sitting there like going, there's one thing of profiting on your image and likeness. And then there's like getting hooked up like you did. So he says he didn't cheat the game. Well, Reggie, unless somebody can tell me otherwise, F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Yeah, you did hurt the game. And I'm not buying it, you know. I mean, I don't care either way if you get your Heisman back. But this whole idea that all of a sudden, because we have an NIL in place, that you folks who got more than just benefits that went beyond your college education, as the rule sort of stipulates, come on. Just saying. And, you know, the last thing I could really say about uh, the whole NIL thing is it is kind of interesting to see uh, University of Kentucky's Davion Mintz withdraw from the NBA draft. And this is the first time that UK has had a top score return since the 06-07 season. Could that be because there's less pressure for him now because it, he can possibly make a few dollars off of his likeness and further his stock by playing another year. These are interesting things that are all kind of, kind of bubbling to the surface now that we're in a new frontier. We'll be here following it all the way for darn sure. Okay, World, College World Series wrap-up. The end of a, the true end of the school year. Still can't get over the North Carolina State fallout. I was telling you about that when, in my weekend state. A lot of bitterness as far as mixed messages from the health, the health officials in Omaha and the NCAA and, as usual, Mr. Emirates crew speak, doing a lot of doublespeak, trying to, trying to throw the, throw the uh, local public health officials under the bus. And then come, we come to find out that they never made such statement that it was in their hands. Oof. Why they continue to put why they, why the university presidents continue to let this fool lead them down so many dark alleys is beyond me. So in the College World Series itself, so Vandy took one game, which was I mean took the first game, and then ran into a buzzsaw as Mississippi State takes game two, and then in the winner take all closes the book on the school year with a 9-0 win. Congratulations to Mississippi State winning their first national championship in anything. Pretty cool, yeah? <laughs> Thought so. Hey, props to them. All righty, we'll close, we'll close this out with 
We'll close our high view above campus with this one. So we come to find out that the Holiday Bowl, you know, that classic down in San Diego every year that used to be played at Qualcomm, the Murph. It's going to be moving to Petco Park for its home. And what do I say to that? Blah. Tired of seeing football in these these stadiums that were built for baseball. Like watching that bowl game in the Bay Area that's played at, uh, what is it, Oracle Field now or something like that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's changed names. It'll always be Pac Bill to me. The football can be playing Yankee City, even though they play soccer there. You know, I've seen, you know, I've just seen this. It's ridiculous. You know, when you see the football game at Wrigley, it's kind of a nice gimmick every now and then, but no, it's a, as far as a holiday bowl. Hopefully, the complex they're building at SDSU will be a suitable home for that. Don't like the idea of the holiday bowl going to Petco. All right, folks, that's what's going on high above campus. And in stoppage time, the Timbers pull one back. It is 2 1. We'll be back on the other side. All righty, welcome back to Fox Trying in a Foxhole. Yes, indeed. So, you know what it's time for. Something you should probably know, or just a window into what else is going on in the world of sports. Well, let's start with Gwen Berry and dissing the flag. Not going to get on my high horse. It's a free country, and, you know, being able to dissent, you know, that's one of the things that People shed blood and principles over blah, blah, blah. We're not getting there. But what I do have a problem with this is, you know, Gwen Berry, the one who turned her back on the flag, and oh, even Caitlyn Jenner had something to say, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down that road. For me, it's basically that if you're going to represent country, then respect the flag, respect the ceremonies that come along to, with it. Or don't compete at all. I mean, right? There are there are certain sacrifices. This country is so oppressive. Why are you competing for it? You know, it's just uh, you know, other than being an attention grabber, I just thought the whole thing was ridiculous. You know, he's able to get her five or ten minutes. I mean, you're not furthering your platform. You know, and yeah, you know the SJWs that came to her defense. Fine. I don't have. I mean, that's you know, that's your opinion. But for me, it's pretty simple. You're gonna represent your country, go along with with the charade if that's how what you think it is. It's, it doesn't kill you that much, and if you are that bothered by these countries' policies, then you don't you have no business representing it. I don't care if it's your dream. Your principles should be stronger than your dream if that's how you're going to behave. Disagree with me? Ftinfx at gmail.com. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think, or if you want to come on the show, even better. But yeah, I'm just not feeling it. And neither is the IOC, because the IOC has come out, as I've said in previous weeks, that there's going to be none of that at Tokyo or in China at these Olympics that are going to be, you know, basically staggered on top of each other. So, yeah. I mean, 
Obviously, you can get away with it here. Whatever the case may be, that's your choice. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not down with it. Neither are quite a few other people. So, it is what it is, yeah? Okay. So, let's talk about something cool. What about 17-year-old Arian Knighton? He placed third in 200 meters at the Olympic trials. That was here in Eugene. Sizzling hot, but all weekend. But, wow, he ran 1984 in the 200 meters. And, folks, if you're not down with track and field, and let me tell you, that's for a 17-year-old turning that kind of time, that is really amazing. Definitely hope he kills it over there in, in uh, Japan. The Olympics start here later this summer. Um, let's go to Wimbledon. Unfortunate Serena and that quest to get that next Grand Slam. She has to bow out due to an injury. Definitely a shame there. It sure looked like it was going to be, you know, a good window for her, as we talked about last week, but some of the people like Asaki who had to pull out, defending champ, having an injury. Now she's fallen to an injury, and it's going to have to wait till the U.S. Open to see if she can make the magic happen. Well, Roger Federer is definitely making the magic still occur. He at, He's like the oldest to reach the third round since, I think, 75. Cool for him to say that he's still alive. All right. Go to the links here real quick, because you know I can't help but talk about, you know, my favorite duo. Well, this week it's more about Mr. DeChambeau. Apparently him and his caddy have decided to take a break, which makes you wonder, you know, what kind of jerk is this guy where it seems like everybody has a beef with him? I mean, I know when I watch him in interviews, he seems to be an all right fellow. But, you know, watching how Kepka and other people have had issues, it makes me wonder, is this guy just a stone-cold jerk? Regardless, we'll be keeping an eye on, on, on his shenanigans. To him and Brooks, it's just too much fun. Okay, and then we've got, let's see, over in boxing, we've got Javonta Davis, who 11th round TKO, over WBA regular welterweight champion Mario Barrios in Atlanta. That's a story of note. But for me, it's like what, that there's a regular, there's a super welterweight. No, boxing's so confusing. It's just like, a, well, this is a regular belt. Okay, so you mean to build me there, there, there's, there could be more than one champion? Yeah, I mean, this is like the third belt that uh, Davis has won going up classes, so that, that's pretty cool there. Now, as far as NASCAR goes, that had a double bill over the weekend in Pocono with Alex Bowman. Still can't get over him driving the 48 car without, you know, double J, Mr. Jimmy Johnson, of course. But he won the race on Saturday, and then Kyle Busch won the race on Sunday. What does that all mean? Well, it means that Mr. Red Hot, Kyle Larson, his hot streak comes to an end. Also, big news over in, in the NASCAR world that Chip Ganassi has sold his team for big dollars and is now getting out, getting out of the game after years of great service, producing great racing teams. Enjoy the cash. Then you've got WNBA Power Ratings. A little flip-flopping is going on this week. Of course, Vegas is still at the top in Seattle. You've got Connecticut, the Connecticut Sun, that is, at number three. 
Candace Parker and company in Chicago move up to four, and Dallas makes an appearance of five. All right, so what else do we have going on as far as anything you should probably know? No, that's probably it. Let's see here. Let's flip around real quick just to get a quick update. The Bucks are leading the Hawks 111 to 94 with 514 in the fourth quarter. Have a lot to say about that coming up in the NBA beat. All right, folks. Like I said, it's kind of a light week, so that was kind of a quick segment. We'll be back with some NBA talk on the other side. Time for some NBA beat on Fox trotting in a foxhole. Season 2, episode 25. Man, we have blasted through this first, I mean, the second season. I'm looking forward to season 3, looking forward to year 2, all that good stuff. So let's talk some NBA beat while we are waiting for game 5 to wrap up. We'll start with. Gentlemen, yes, Ben Simmons, that Ben Simmons. Talked a little bit about this in the last episode, quite a bit about it. Well, the firestorm still continues. And pretty much, the Sixers are not sure what his future is going to be. And he doesn't know, because he's skipping the Olympics. So, you know, obviously he could play for Australia. However, he wants to work on his skill set. Well, gee, what the heck do I think about that? <laughs> Why you didn't think about this four or five summers ago? I know you're making fat money, but if you had worked on your skill set, you would be elite. And we wouldn't be having this conversation. And I wouldn't be watching this who knows fest between the Bucks and Sixers. <laughs> That'd be the Bucks and Hawks, excuse me. Should so be the Nets and Sixers. But there should be a lot of things going on that they're not. And, but yeah, I... I Semi-laud that he's going to skip the Olympics to work on his game. But at the same time, homie, you should have been on that a long time ago, in my opinion. And something that, you know, I've talked about repeatedly about the whole season starting too early and calling LeBron out. But now you've got Shaq and, of course, Stephen A. Smith hopping on just for, you know, because he's Stephen A. Smith. But basically calling LeBron out for complaining about the shortened season and just saying that, you know, this generation of players just complains far too much. So is this a question of Shaq and Stephen A. Smith falling Pray to the boomer mentality of always complaining about the young, or is there some validity to it? Yeah, I think, you know, I don't, I don't agree with Shaq or Stephen A on too many things at this point. But yes, on the one hand, as you know, I, I do feel they started the season too, too soon. 
However, I felt they should have made a hardcore stand about it. And I said, don't complain if you didn't fight hard enough to prevent it. And so, yeah, I, I think they're down with it. I also feel that there is a level of, of thin skin. We've talked about KD fighting with fans and just that in general. That Yeah, I get paid a lot, but you can't criticize me either. It doesn't work that way, people. Okay, enough of Shaq and SAS calling out Brody Braun Braun. It's all silly. So let's talk about the Suns and those LA Clippers. So pretty much when we last left off, the Suns had outfought the Clips to take a 3-1 lead in the series. Then Pandemic P, Playoff P, or George Paul, he had 41 to keep the Clips hopes a lot. And we got the sense that if they were able to take last night's game, the Suns were in deep doo-doo. Well, well, well. Pandemic P showed up. Well, I won't say Pandemic P, but it wasn't enough to get them over the hump. And Chris Paul went berserk. 31 points in the second half, just raining everything. You know, crazy, 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 crazy. So, pretty much, the Clippers are done. Their quest to sort of make it their town it was never going to be y'all's town. But their quest to, to actually put something up at the, at the Staples Center besides the Laker banners, the Kings banners, the Sparks banners, goes up in flames. Props to the Suns. You know, the Lakers may have been shorthanded, but they were giving it to the Lakers. They gave it to the Lakers in the regular season. This team was very tough in the bubble. You know, I've been singing their praises along with the Hawks all along. Not shocked by this at all. In fact, well-deserved respect. Monty Williams has done a fantastic job. They've got a, a great squad there. Guys like Crowder and CP3, they made the right choice to go there. And they think they're a very quality representative for the Western Conference. Now, I think when everybody gets healthy, different story. Clippers have Kawhi. They don't win that series. The Suns don't win that series. So... When it comes to the Clippers, I know, being a Laker fan, yes, indeed, I try not to, like, you know, get too deep in that and be so much of a homer, but somebody who had a couple of stints in L.A. and know the Clippers' history quite well, going back to the days of Buffalo with Randy Smith and Bob McAdoo, their whatever sword yard in San Diego with Bill Walton, I guess, I guess he played a couple of games there, although you would never know it. You know, this whole idea, right? All the talk, all the billboards, all their, all the tough fans of theirs, you know, putting their chest out. I mean, this is wonderful watching Marcus Wiley talk out of both sides of his mouth. <sighs> Believe me, there are some obnoxious fan bases out there. There's not enough Clipper fans out there. I don't care. You know, as a fan base... To really be taken seriously, like I could call out other fan bases. But the whole hysteria around them, and even the media hopping on their bandwagon. You know, it's they, they take it strides. They got to the Western Conference. And I think, you know, since Bomber took it, the team over, definitely a better product than, you know, those terrible people, the Sterlings, you know, when they ran the show. Right. 
but still, you have to think, you know, as that franchise, you know, and its supporters, whatever the case. <laughs> kind of a rough road for them. I know I'm kind of rubbing it in, but... <laughs> oh, we can't wrap that one up yet here. So let me move on here for, for until this thing's on ice. So, Chauncey Billups takes the Blazer job. We talked a little bit about that. Well, quite a bit over the last two episodes, to be quite honest. Didn't think Becky Harmon was going to get the job. Um... I, I mean, had the credentials, but that's not what this fan base wants. And Chauncey, I mean, as somebody, you know, who's a, who, like I said, a Laker fan, lives in Oregon, puts up, you know, the Blazer fans put up with me, I should say. Chauncey going there kind of scares me. The guy's got heart, and I think that he's going to be instill that into his team. Now, is the damage done from all of, you know, you have Chauncey's alleged uh, sexual misconduct going back to what was at 97, and then a lot of folks got pissed about Dame not being more vocal about it, and, you know, just Portland being Portland, you know, right, without, you know, going into anything deeper than that. I mean, if you know what's up, you know what's up. But yeah, I just you know, I'm wondering, are 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 the are the SJWs and the woke warriors going to just make Dame throw his arms up and say, you know what, maybe I do want to go someplace else? You know, I don't. I think he's probably. I think that hiring Chauncey and here and listening to Chauncey and, and and seeing what the guy's all about probably will convince Dame to stay. But on the other hand, given you know some of the brawls that he's been getting into with people on social media. Once again, y'all being thick skin, y'all should not be on social media anyways, where, you know, right, people that can hide behind, you know, a monitor and just and, and, and be keyboard tough guys. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how this is going to play out, right, you know, in terms of, you know, if the existing core the Blazers have is going to remain intact. Now they've got a different direction, and I think they have a coach that the, the team is going to definitely buy in, you know, to or with. So yeah, I'm down the road. We'll be keeping an eye on that. Then, you know, kid takes a job in Dallas, and, you know, similar situations. You know, he's had his issues with sexual misconduct, and people were really upset about that. We knew that he was going to get the job, you know, had two times stint there. Uh, people, there's another camp that are saying, given that you drove off a good coach in Carlisle and, and, and the GM Nelson, why would you want to walk into this weird situation where it seems like Mark Cuban is trying to assert himself in a way that, I don't know, you could say Jimmy Johnson did, not Jimmy Johnson, but Jerry Jones did with Jimmy Johnson. Same city, so I have to draw the correlation. <laughs> But yeah, it makes you wonder. Okay, I think it's safe to say now the Bucks have taken a 3-2 lead in that series. So let's talk about that. So you know, Young gets hurt. The Bucks re regain home court advantage. It's on Sunday night. Tuesday night, Giannis has a deep bone bruise. So he missed the game. Or <sighs> well, he hyperstended his knee, excuse me. It was Trey Young that had the deep bone bruise. Deep bone bruise. Wow, the adult beverages. Hey, folks, we're having fun here. 
Yeah, but so Giannis hyperextended his knee on Tuesday night. No structural damage. He obviously couldn't play tonight. They looked terrible, the Bucks losing to Atlanta, 110-88. So the series is tied up, and now we see that the final score here, 123-112. So the Bucks have a 3-2 series lead. I This series is so wacky, I have no idea. You know, what's going to go on, especially given the uncertainty of, of Trey Young and Giannis moving forward. And right without those two on the court, as we've seen what, what happens in game four and five, nobody really knows. You know, the next game will be back in Atlanta. Yeah, my gut feeling is the Bucks are going to somehow win this in seven. But this Hawks team that I've been so impressed with, they've been very resilient. So I, you know, oh, gee whiz. Let's see here. Um, what about Jalen and the Kevin Love statement? I almost want to back, you know, track on that. I'm glad that there are some people that are calling him out. Not just the, the, you know, the, the folks that lean, you know, to the right, you know, the outkick crowd and things like that. I mean, there's a lot of being, uh, valid points, you know. The first thing him saying there was never, you know, that they don't want an all-black team when there was one in 2016. It's like, come on, you know, right? And, and the fact that a lot of folks, as we just talked earlier about, when it comes to, you know, Mr. Ben, either they want to work on their skills, they want to hang out with their lady and ride on the boat, Getting people to represent countries not is not a, a foregone thing. And if Kevin Love was a scrub, you might have a point, but it's not like Kevin Love isn't a baller. And I, mean, I don't know what these uh, sages, you know, athletes of color, what world they're living in. Even if, you know, you, you know saying it's a token selection, well, gee whiz, there's still a lot of whites <laughs> that watch basketball more so than blacks, Hispanics, and just, yeah, I mean, use common sense. You know, people used to say, yeah, I was watching the Celtics Lakers 30 for 30, you know, or ESPN Films again, or I was watching the last installment for, for obvious reasons. And, you know, people talking about Red Auerbach being a racist. No, at some point you've got to like you know have some people that the main demographic can identify with. Kind of makes sense. It is a business after all, and yes, you know that talent-wise, the numbers are what it is. But it's still a business, right? This isn't you know a a medium to right all the wrongs in the world. Great platform to discuss that but not the one to, to, to have that happen completely. I just think it's utterly ridiculous. Glad folks are calling him out. Zero. And then we need to talk about Scottie Pippen. Calling Phil Jackson a racist? The Zen master? Hippie loving? Indica smoking? Grateful Dead loving Phil Jackson? That guy a racist? Oh, jeez. I mean, OMFW, right? Uh, you know, Scotty's been trying to make a name for himself lately. 
I don't know. I guess watching Kwame, like I was talking about the last last podcast, has sort of inspired him. And you know, I think he's gotten tired of everybody saying, "Dude, you would just be an average player if it weren't for MJ." <laughs> and, and you're really starting to see that. All right, this has been a little bit long. I'm almost rambling here because I'm having so much fun. Oh, what about AS? I mean, AEG selling their 27 percent stake, and that would be Mr. Onshuts. The, the the mogul out there in Denver, AXS, all those cool venues. You know, it just they own the galaxy too, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, I wonder what that actually means in the big picture. Why they're getting out? You know, are they make, uh, trying to make a move, or is there something you know afoot? You had to wonder about that when the Lakers entered that. Uh, you know, deal the stay at the Staples Center through, I think, 2041. Really interesting. We'll be keeping an eye on that. Okay, folks, we're going to bounce, and we'll be back on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Charlie in the Foxhole. Stumbling our way through this as we watch another Jake from State Farm rocking with Sabrina I and the man of the hour, Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making those extra ducats. You go through the dial here. Now the basketball game's over. We know that the Bucks have taken a 3-2 lead. And I can tell you that Austin is... Still leading 2-1, 62nd minute. Okay, let's go to the nightfall of Diamonds. No, not the great Grateful Dead release. MLB. And a trip around the ice and our Zamboni. So, we'll start with hockey. You know, so we've got the Stanley Cup going. We talked a little bit about that in the COVID Chronicles. As far as some of the obstacles the Habs were facing. And, I don't know. Take it for what it is, but the way the Stanley Cup has started, well, it's definitely affecting them. And of course, they are playing the defending champs, so let's not, you know, brush that off lightly in terms of people quite, you know, making the feel-good stories with the Islanders and fans and, well, maybe, you know, Vegas and the return of the Avs. But the defending champs quietly showing folks why they took the Cup last year. They won game 1-5-1. One, one. They came back last night and took care of business 2-1. As I told you before, games 3 and 4 up in Montreal. Not going to have additional fans there. Government saying, no, 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 that ain't happening. So that's what's going on as far as Stanley Cup goes. Definitely update you as far as what happens in games 3 and 4 next week. Ooh, what a wonderful save right there. Wow, this game's getting kind of hot. Um, okay, Diamondbacks, we've been talking about their road woes. Well, their slide got up to 24. I think the last time I told where I was on, I did the show on Saturday, it was 23. They lost another game, but Saturday night, same that, that same day we recorded, the streak ended at 24. 24 losses on the road. Like I was wondering, what is up in the desert where they are so bad? 
Anyway, good for the D-backs. Okay, then we then we were talking about that foreign substance crackdown. Told you about the shenanigans in first week. Well, now we have a a pitcher who's been ejected. Uh, Mariners pitcher Hector Santiago became the first pitcher to be ejected after this crackdown became enforced. We've been wondering about the shenanigans where it would lead to next. Now we're seeing players get booted from games. Old habits die hard, as they say. Anyway, something else we'll be keeping an eye on. Some bad news as far as the product itself. We find out that Angel superstar Mike Trout, who's considered to be the best player in the game, he's got on the 60-day disabled list. Yeah, it's too bad. You know, I know Mr. Otani, Babe Ruth in the flesh, is definitely uh, a worthwhile attraction in Mr. Trout's absence, but, you know, I think the Angels would like to have the bow from the lineup. Man, Otani's killing it. Just doing everything, even though he kind of got sh- shell-shocked in, in the Bronx. Okay, another thing I found interesting, I couldn't help but talk about this. Hal Steinbrenner, you know, basically saying he's not as dead, he's not going to make knee-jerk reactions regarding manager Aaron Boone's job. He says the team's shortcomings fall on the players, not the manager. Well, okay, that's not necessarily your dead, but that's, you know... Calling out the players is something your dad would do. So I don't know, you know, what kind of inspiration that's going to be saying. Yo, it's all on you. I mean, yes, it's never the manager's fault because he's, you know, not out there striking out, not out there making the plays in the field. But obviously, you know, from a, from a leadership perspective, I mean, I get where he's coming from, but I just thought it's interesting and as I talked about in the last segment, about the whole sensitivity thing, I wonder how that's going to go over well in the Yankee Clubhouse. Be keeping an eye on that. As far as the MLB power rankings go, got a little shakeup this week. We have the Giants in first, Houston in second, Dodgers in third, Tampa Bay Rays four, San Diego five. Of course, I think that might get altered again this week based on what's already happened, which we can talk, get into that. We'll start with uh, how about the, the Nationals? Kyle Schwarber. He's hit 15 home runs in the last 17 games. You know, pretty much this happened all in June. As Mill Allen says, how about that? I think it's pretty amazing. I mean, 15 knocks in 17 games. That's like, you know, some Roger Maris, Sammy Sosa kind of like, you know, high jinks behind the plate. <sighs> Take a deep breath. Now... There's a lot of things that can be made about, you know, somebody getting on a streak like this. You know, getting in the right groove. Do we need to do we need to take a look at your UA? Or because we've been cracking down the the foreign substances, all of a sudden the ball is looking like a big uh in and out. Double double, <laughs> and, and guys are, are 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 knocking the ball are, are are knocking the leather off the ball. I don't know. Can't wait to get the data as far as that goes. But it, it is kind of interesting to see somebody get into a groove like that. As I was saying a second ago, but the power rankings being altered, the Dodgers having their problems in San Diego. 
had no problem sweeping the Giants. Yeah, go figure. Speaking of the Dodgers, what about Mr. Bauer being in hot water for being an ass, getting this freaky deaky on and getting violent? I try to stay away from these things, right? Because you never know until the outcome. And even in the outcome, you don't know how that's going to be. But it's not looking good for him. But at the same time, Dave Roberts has said that he is scheduled to take his turn in the rotation coming on Sunday. But, you know, if the allegations are true, I haven't seen the pictures, but heard, you know, black eyes and bruises. I mean, getting your freaking deaky on and then becoming, you know, the guy on the wife beater. So, anyhow, you know, yeah, Seal Peak, you're out, he's out of the league for, you know, misbehaving. So, hope that doesn't happen to Mr. Bauer. But if he's, you know, <laughs> we'll let the courts decide. We'll let MLB. But right now, I say he's in deep doo-doo. Okay, and it's July 1st, so what does that mean? Gotta give props to Bobby Bonilla. Yes, indeed, he gets his annual payday every July 1st, was it, 1.32 million? Man, what an astute guy that was. Yeah, you know, million dollars is a million dollars, folks. And the fact that, he, gosh, he has not played in so long, what, 2003, 2004, he's gonna be collecting these checks to 2032. I think that is a fantastic thing. It's a great story. Makes everybody happy. He's just like, got that check. Going down to Atlantic City. We're going to have ourselves a good old time. All right, folks. We'll be back with a beautiful game life on the other side. Still 2-1, Austin, 70th minute. Boy, Austin's had so many draws. wonder if this is, good, if this is going to be their fate tonight. I'd really like to see them get a win. Well, well, well. Let's, speaking of the Timbers, we will start there. So this is a really interesting one for me to kick off the beautiful game live. So apparently uh, over the weekend when uh, Minnesota United and Portland Timbers hooked up. A Loons player, Minnesota, allegedly used a racist taunt towards the Timbers' Diego Chara. And there's all kinds of outrage and all kinds of statements coming from the Timbers. Condemnation. Minnesota United sort of backing away with this. And I get on my soapbox, but there's a problem here with it coming from the Timbers. If we remember the whole Dio incident in the Open Cup and how they sort of brushed that aside. <sighs> you know, there's A, because when you can never really find true evidence of this happening, even with the Dio case, and I think the same is here, it's a problem. And if there was, you gotta like boot these guys because we're not gonna be, we're not tolerating this. And these guys, they get under somebody's skin or whatever the case may be. What more do you need to see happen before you get the hint that this is not going to be tolerated? I mean, I can't speak to Europe. I can definitely speak to here. 
you know, given the things that have happened in the last couple of years. No, stop it. That's just not going to happen. And multifaceted, obviously, because I said we have seen how the, the team that uh, is you know, accused of such violations, they quickly circled the wagons. And then you had the indignation, rightfully so, from everybody else, and this being, you know, especially the young American soccer crowd being very woke, being very activist-minded. So this is going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out, okay? Got my eyes on that for sure. It's going to be a long summer. Behave, people. Okay, let's talk the Euros. A lot of cool stuff going on there. So we know it all started out with Denmark and Italy advancing. Italy finally concedes a goal and has to go to extra time before prevailing 2-1 over Austria. We saw the Czech Republic stun 10-man Netherlands. And then we had the magical day on Monday, which people are still, you know, what is it? You know, the, the, the fairy tales and the sugar plums and, you know, being all whimsical. There was a fantastic day. You know, when it started out with Spain outlasting Croatia, 5-3 in extra time. Uh, definitely back and forth. Really liked how Croatia b b uh, battled back down 3-1. And then the shocker of shockers, defending World Cup champion France going down in penalty kicks. Weird game. Switzerland got on the jump first, and then for about 20 minutes, France showed why they were the hands-on favorite to win this thing. And a funny thing happened where Switzerland battled its way back from a 3-1 deficit to send the game into extra time. Play another 30 minutes, and we go to penalty kicks. And what happens? Wonder Kid, my boy, Kylian Mbappe, gets thwarted. Switzerland wins. Hey, <laughs> what, can, what can you tell you? The, the, the favorites go down in a heap. Being just really crazy stuff. Also have Portugal going down. So defending champs are out. Then you have, you know, the spew fest, really. I mean, we'll talk, I mean, I'll get to Mbappe in a second. But, you know, the spew fest is on, like, nobody's business, right? It, or unlike Donkey Kong, England slams the door in Germany 2-0. And as we know, the United States being uh, an English-speaking country for the most part, and for some reason, we have to like plug into the English... Um, what, what's the word I want to say? Um, pundits. Um, just basically their whole apparatus. And yeah, congratulations to England beating Germany and moving on. And as everybody says, it's coming home. The whole 1966 thing all over again. Ugh, so insufferable, but hey, props to them. So no CR7. Is this CR7's last Euros? Possibly last big international competition? No more Germany. He's... Mr. Lowe, picking his nose every five seconds. He rides off in the sunset, kind of after a thud, after having a wonderful run 
being at the helm of the German national team. Crazy stuff there. Mr. DeBoer, after the Netherlands crashes out, he's done with the Netherlands. After flaming out as coach of Atlanta, not going so well for Mr. DeBoer, is it now? And then you said back to France. I got some more stuff to say in TMA time. But when it comes to Mbappe, wow. It's hard to get on a guy that's 22 and already has a World Cup in his pocket. Great success at Monaco early. Okay at PSG, but not. I guess the point being is that more often than not, he has come up short a lot of times on the big stages. And I know this is a, an interesting summer for him because, yes, he has one year left on his contract with PSG. But, yeah, there are other teams vying for him. Not sure does the stock tumble. Hey, we're working well for him. That was, that was tough. Maybe uh, arrogant, too cocky. Obviously, he needs to, like, reset a lot of things for him to prove, even though he's already shown quite a bit. Oh, my, my. Well, it looks like Austin's gone 3-1, but you know what? You have to have that dreaded goal check <laughs> to see if somebody was in the offside position. Otherwise, it's looking like the Verde is getting real close. Okay. Of course, the haters are out in full force as, as Mr. Greg announces an MS an MLS heavy squad for the Gold Cup. You know, certain, uh, you know, rotating, you know, faces. Really glad to see uh, Daryl DK. I think the squad they have is actually going to be pretty good. It kind of shows the kind of talent that we have. Of course, you can't make American soccer fa fans happy, insensitive, in opinionated. Yeah, I mean, people can be salty about the World Cup fiasco. But let's see what happens. I mean, do we have to just be so negative? I mean, I just, when he announced the squad this morning, I mean, good grief, I thought I was going to have, you know, a coronary from all the salt intake. It's just like, man, can you people just chill? It could never be anything positive said about this bunch. I mean, you're going to have to win a World Cup, which is probably not going to happen anytime soon for people to be, you know, to give these guys a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. So, in the madness, in the madness era, transfer window. So, Messi's contract, that huge, what was it, four-year, $674 million, it expired last night. So, Technically, without an agreement, Messi's on, Messi could be on, on the loose. CR7 could be on the loose. Paul Pogba was supposed to be on the loose. That's not happening, according to the sources that Manchester United is about to offer him a substantial extension. Manchester United is being very busy right now. They just signed uh, Jaden Sancho. And they're also close to finalizing a deal with Real Madrid defender Rafael Varane. Varane? I always pronounce it wrong. Oh, well, never mind me. So it seems like they're doing a lot of the noise this week, but nonetheless, never can be a week without PSG making some kind of noise. PSG is going to get, speaking of Real Madrid, Mr. Ramos, apparently they've agreed on a two-year deal. PSG definitely trying to solidify things 
so they can make a run and possibly entice Mbappe and staying a little bit longer. As far as the Copa goes, you know, wrapping up the last round, Ecuador, Ecuador and Peru 1-1. Oh, that was Brazil and Ecuador 1-1. Peru, Venezuela 1-1. Uruguay 1-0. Messi had a brace. Argentina took care of Bolivia 4-1. Bolivia having all kinds of issues with COVID. Forgot to mention that in the uh, COVID Chronicles. Big MLS weekend. Oh, yeah. Well, well, well. LAFC, the black and gold, stubble 2-1. Looking good for them for about the first 65 minutes or so. Bradley makes some interesting substitutions. Blackburn has a silly red card. LAFC go down to 10 men, and the wall comes caving in. Oh, my. Atlanta scores again, and it is now. I mean, Austin, excuse me. Austin scores again. I'm so excited. They're about to get their first win. It is Austin 4, Portland 1. We're in the 80th minute. My, 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 my. Speaking of Portland, they actually lost that game that I talked about earlier to the Loons. That was at Providence Park. Something shocking here. FC Cincinnati make it two in a row with a win over struggling Toronto. And the Cardiac Kids did it again as Nashville, the city, also rallies late to get another draw. How many times have they come back? This time it was Montreal. Cool stuff. Seattle remains undefeated as they draw with the Caps 1-1. The Galaxy, I don't know how impressive it is, but a win's a win. And they take care of San Jose, creating further doubt there. 3-1. Union and Fire, 3-3 draw. Kind of a surprise there. Chicago actually looking a little bit better. Houston, another team that seems to be drawing a lot. That was 3-3 with Real Salt Drake. That's why, I mean, Real Salt Lake, excuse me. That's like three straight draws for Houston. The aforementioned Atlanta, they had a 0-0 draw with the crew. Crew about to open their wonderful facility this weekend. Had United and Red Bull, 0-0. Five strikes, still kind of like spinning their wheels. Yeah, yeah. And then you had New York City FC rallying and beating D.C. United 2-1. That was on Sunday. It was like the only game. Power rankings this week for the MLS. Seattle obviously is at 1. Orlando's 2. Sporting Kansas City after their impressive win over LAFC or whatever you want to call it. They're 3. The Rebs are 4. And look at number 5. Sorry, LAFC fans. It's... Those folks from Carson, the LA Galaxy in the fifth spot. Had a friendly tonight, and the, the ladies in Mexico hooking up. Easy win for the red, white, and blue, 4-0. So, all right, that's what's going on in the beautiful game life. As Austin is about to get its first win in the 83rd minute, they are up on Portland 4-1. We'll be back with the NFL report and some TMA time on the other side. Welcome back to Fox. Fox trying to get a foxhole. Oh, we're just having so much fun here. 
No, I, I mean, the scene in Austin is so cool. I mean, it's a great venue, great support. Really hope that it lights a fire in the folks in Houston and Dallas. But they're doing it right in Austin. And that was very controversial with Mr. Pete Court and all of his nonsense. But it's working, and they have a wonderful thing going on there. I'm happy to see them get their first win. So let's talk some NFL report here. We get ourselves out of the door. Stop that. So what do you think about the NFL Hall of Fame? Finally getting it around to honoring John Vicinda. When I saw that the other day, I was like, say what? Meaning the voice of God? The guy that got a lot of us interested in watching the NFL because the way he spoke and the way the Sables choreographed those, those old Super Bowl films and all the other cool stuff that they did back in the day. I mean, that alone for getting a whole generation and even the generations of the follow to get locked into it. The guy's imprints all over again. That it's taken this long for you to give that man his due. There's so many other clowns, you know, like the Costas and Al Michaels. And I'm like, going, really? I gotta give the job to Cinder alone for just, you know, the inspiring generations of folks to, like, to hop on board and be a part of the experience. Okay. Just had to get my rant on about that. Tell you that four-time pro bowler Demarius Thomas is calling it a career. Props. Four-time Pro Bowler got a ring. Yeah, yeah, I think he can walk away. Okay, and then we talk about my crew, Washington football team. Been a while since I've been talking about them. Yeah, yeah, it's been a little bit. You know, for there, for a minute there, let's talk about them every second. Not because I'm a homer, just because I just can't stay out of the news. And they're back in it. We started with when Dan Snyder named his wife Tanya co-CEO. I already started to wonder what was going on there. You know, I see Tanya being the puppet, but now we know. The NFL came out today, fining the Washington football team $10 million for, you know, all the whole sexual misconduct and just the toxic culture that's been around there forever. Sensitivity training and all that kind of stuff. Tanya gets to be the puppet while supposedly Danny's going to spend his time working on getting the, the stadium situation solved, whether it's going to be in the Capitol or Maryland. But as I told you from day one, yeah, that he was not going to hit the franchise strip from him. He's got too many friends, and he's alive with the big boys on so many things. They would love to see him clean the mess up and make Washington competitive on the field. And it looks like with Riverboat Ron, that may may happen. But yeah, all the all the uh, crusaders in the media that were just and, and some of our fans who hate him. Now I'm not the biggest fan, but you know I said all along that you know if if he's gonna get ousted, it, let somebody buy him out. You're not gonna be able to pull him away because. You know, you've got some bad actors or you don't like the way the team's performed on the field. Things just don't work that way. You know, right? But yeah, I just think that it's kind of good to, you know, finally put this situation behind them. $10 million, if they're good on the field, they'll make that up in a second. So Tanya's going to be the puppet. I think it's a slap in the face and in, in the same week that Bill Cosby gets let out of the cooler on technicality, Phyllis is kind of the same thing as far as people in the Me Too movement. And their indignation is spot on. 
not going to argue with that. But I just knew this was going to be the outcome. Yeah, the NFL had to hand out some more fines. I guess the Niners, Jacks, and Cowboys misbehaving as far as doing a little chicanery with OTAs. They all have been assessed fines. Then, of course, NFL be the NFL. They say they cannot confirm Eugene Chung's racism claim. You know, about, you know, when he said, you're not the right color. Whew. Yeah, I kind of wonder, not to unpack here, and I'm not going to really try to get too deep here because I don't want to get myself in any trouble. Whew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how you, how you were not able to validate it or is, you know, Omerta strong or are we exaggerating? I don't know, but it makes me wonder really makes me wonder as far as transactions go the saints reinvest and keeping their line strong whoever takes over for Drew Brees is going to need some protection so uh, right tackle Ryan Ramzik just got paid five year 96 million dollar extension making him the highest paid player at that position league wide kudos to him no surprise. Nothing new as far as the A-Rod saga. Total stalemate going on there. Go figure. Yeah, well, you know, it is July and camp's coming around the corner. Wonder how long this is going to play out. Be keeping it on that every week. Okay, folks. And if we blasted through this episode, because I'm feeling better, but I always on a tighter timeline these days. So let's get to some TMA time. Well, let's start out. Pat Beverly, good grief. Pat Bev, Pat Bev. That shove, I mean, you're a B anyways as far as I'm concerned. And if you, somebody tells him and he comes and finds me, oh, well, I still sit and he can slap me, whatever the case may be. Guys, Devin has never been a jerk, but, you know, a front-running tough guy. And that's done on Chris Paul, who has also been kind of a punk ass in many, many situations. Not a favorite of mine, but there it was so uncalled for. Silver, you got to give him a 10-game ban. I was thinking five, but it should be 10. You can't lose your head like that. Yeah, he, t- he tweeted an apology, but I just thought it was really lame. It just showed, like, really, like I said, you're going to sit, you know, walk out all barrel-chested and, and talk tough. You can't walk the walk that way. You get no points for being a bitch like that. You get two large stainless steel bowls of the smelly varieties. So TMA on that one. Turd McCory in the house. And back to France. What about Veronique Rabiot? Um, you know, his backstory. So Adrian Rabiot, her son, formerly of PSG, now of Juventus. She's his agent, and she's a handful. Basically, he's only back on France after being too good for him because his wife and his wife, I mean, she's listen to me, his mother, you know, runs his life like it's his wife. But yeah, his mother basically got him in hot water with the French national team. Basically, this is the reason why he's not at PSG anymore. Ruined his chances to play in England. After Mbappe missed the penalty shot, 
she goes over and starts calling him out and call, you know calling to his family in the stands about how Killian's arrogant and how you know you need to like you know give the boy a row and I'm just like wait is this woman out of control or what? I mean, I have to mention that her son isn't all that to begin with either. But yeah, just this, for me, this is a culmination. She gets two large stainless steel bowls of the smelly varieties easily. If you know anything, look her up. She's quite the uh, individual. How's that? <laughs> and I am going to have to like give multiple large stainless steel bowls of the smelly varieties. To the fools that hold racist taunts at the at Vanderbilt at the Baron, at the Vanderbilt parents during the College World Series, and since it's they were playing Mississippi State, gee Mississippi being Mississippi, or just assholes being assholes, I don't know, but really, I mean you know making parents subject to that nonsense in this day and age, glad you're all thrown out if your students. Hope your asses get kicked out of school. As I keep saying, there's just no room for that. And the only way we can make that happen is to come down hard on folks. You know, just no room for it. How about the silly woman that caused the wreck of the Tour de France, the massive pileup? You know, trying to put a sign out, and they want these fools for a photo op. I mean, how many bad things have been caused by photo ops? By the way, Austin gets his first win, 4-1. It's now in the books. Verde, very happy tonight. <laughs> yeah. But that silly woman crossing that big pile up, just, you know, in these photo ops, people stop it. Getting your, getting your IG, getting it, or your, your, your Facebook, or your, your Twitter game on, your TikTok game, whatever it is, stop it. This is utterly ridiculous. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on YouTube. Utterly ridiculous. They were going to like throw the book at her hard, but now I guess they're not. Out of jail. Probably pay a small fine. Been shamed enough, I suppose. And lastly, on Pat Bev's case, give out some complimentary bulls to the Clipper fans fighting amongst themselves. Saw a viral video of that. It was just like saying, are you kidding me? Can you imagine that on a Laker game? I mean, you know, we've got our share of, inter of interesting characters in our fan base. And I'm not here to, like, go on a superiority kick. But I've never seen our fans fighting amongst themselves. I mean, it's just, it's the epitome of LAJV. The Pat Bev thing, and then this, and just the whole thing with them not getting it done again. As a Laker fan, it makes me chuckle. But yes, complimentary bulls all around. All right, folks, we've reached another conclusion to a wonderful episode. This is a lot of fun. As always, thanks for bearing with me as we get back to full strength and also adjusting to, you know, having, having a new gig that's getting into my prep time and actually even my ability to record. It's been a bit of a hot. As far as be, you know, being able to record it here and that sort of thing. Ah, it's really nice that things have cooled down. Anyway, you know, the Delta's out there and we're all opening up. So be safe now that nobody's wearing masks and you don't know when people with fake cards or whatever 
be vigilant. We're already out doing our thing, enjoying the summer of love and fun again. So let's keep it going so we can, you know, have a lot to talk about during football season. If you want to come on the show, ftinfx at gmail.com. If you want to be on the other podcast, just uh, finally nail down details what's going to promise to, to, to make up for all the weeks and months I haven't been able to get other episodes on it. It's going to be the start of some, some cool stuff there. But I'd love to get some more guests here. Definitely now that we're cycling back towards the fun stuff again, that's going to happen here as we get closer to football season and the fall season for universities, beautiful game, life, everything. Wonderful stuff ahead as we move towards season three, kicking off year two. All right, enough babbling. Wonderful night in Austin. Wonderful night in Milwaukee as well. We'll be back here six or seven days, if not sooner, for the next episode. Until then, be cool and have fun.